afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY coming at you after a long holiday weekend, and we're finally getting some snow. Natil, good afternoon. How are you? Pretty good. We're not getting any snow down here right now. It's pretty just misty right now. I'm hoping for a little snow in the coming days. Out here in western North Dakota, we're getting pretty uh, nailed pretty good. That's uh, what I heard. I'm a little I, I, jealous. I had my inaugural snowblower run. I'm sick of it already. But <laughs> oh, Come on now. <laughs> I like the snow. I just don't like moving it off the driveway. That gets to be a pain. Uh, you know, we're going to be, uh, let's get right to our guest. Uh, by the way, if you want to join the program, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. We have, um, Governor Jack Dalrymple on the line, and I want to get right to him. Over the, um, over the holiday, we got some big news. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers saying, uh, that they have set a December 5th deadline for moving Dakota Access Pipeline protesters off uh core property where they have been uh, camping without a permit for months now this has been a major bone of contention state officials arguing that that many of the the unlawful and and sometimes violent protests have have been launched from these campsites uh and then a couple days later the the core came out and said that they weren't going to forcibly remove anybody i wanted to get an update uh, on that from Governor Dalrymple and Jack, can you tell us what's? I mean, what's what's the latest news on this? Have you have you spoken with the folks at at the core? Where are we at in terms of that camp right now? Well, that's a good question, Rob. Um, I'm not sure that I can answer that. Uh, they they put out uh, a statement that they're not going to do anything about uh, their mandatory evacuation. Uh, that's kind of puzzling. Uh, they own the land. It's uh, their federal property. They have the responsibility for it. Uh, they tell a bunch of people they have until the 5th of December to leave. And then they come back and say they're not, really not going to do anything about it. Um, so go figure. Um, maybe that does something uh, for them from a, from a legal standpoint or something, but uh, it is hard to understand. Well, from a legal standpoint, some people are saying, "Is I mean, is this maybe, obviously we have winter weather coming in, and, and gosh, I hope everybody at, at the protest camps has, has taken the, the appropriate precautions gotten children and, and the elderly out of the, I mean, the North Dakota winters, I, I don't need to tell probably anybody in this audience, are no joke. So I hope everybody down there is being safe. Uh, but do you think, I mean, is this, is this the core maybe, uh, you know, a, as winter weather sets in, trying to protect themselves from like a legal liability if somebody gets hurt during the winter weather down there? Yeah, I'm I'm not a lawyer, so I'm, I'm not sure how that would really work. But, uh, you know, I share that same uh, concern and uh, you know the the fact of the matter is there's a whole bunch of people camped there now uh, with a lot of snow. Uh, you know you don't have proper access to that area if you had any kind of an emergency situation. If we needed to help people, uh, we might not be able to do it if there were health issues or you know some kind of an accident. Uh, and that is not a good thing. And, uh, you know, we always, as a matter of course, you know, try to protect people by informing them, you know, when they've placed themselves in a dangerous uh, situation. So it, it is a big concern. Um, and I think that uh, the state has uh, a concern there as well. 
when when the core first came out uh, with with their December fifth deadline and and before they they kind of backed off and said they're not going to actually, you know require anybody to leave it seems you you had come out and said that you know it's kind of up to the federal government to enforce that and and that was the first thing i saw when the press release came out you know it's sort of you know the federal government's drawing a line in the sand here who's going to enforce it if it came down to it and, and who knows where the feds are going to be at it at this point uh you know tomorrow or, or a week from now uh, if it came down to it i mean would, would north dakota authorities the north dakota national guard i mean who would be responsible for actually enforcing that if it came to it i I know you said that that you'd like to see the federal government do it but um we've also got a situation here i I think we'd all like to see resolved how would that play out in terms of of the state involvement well the federal government has to take the lead in you know their management and their jurisdiction over their own federal property Uh, what would normally happen here is uh, the corps of engineers would uh, contact uh, the Justice Department and would ask them for assistance uh, from the U.S. Marshals Service uh, to begin to evict people, to uh, arrest people if necessary for uh, you know trespassing. Uh, and they've more or less said that's not going to be happening. As far as the state or the sheriff of Morgan County is concerned, you know we are in a helping role here. Uh, you know, this is their property. This is their situation. Uh, they need to take the lead in terms of how they manage it. 701-293-9000. If you've got any comments or questions for Governor Jack Dalrymple, 888-970-9329. Governor, I, I know back in October, we heard from from Chairman Archambault that their tribal council had voted uh, to maybe set aside some land down on the reservation for a winter camp. Have we heard anything more about that? Because it seemed when, when the court came out with their announcement, the protesters kind of, you know, they indicated through their organizers that they weren't going to move. But yet, back in October, we heard from Chairman Archambault that they were looking at, at setting up a, you know, a winter camp on, on tribal land that was maybe more accessible and, and a little more conducive and, and safe for protesters. And obviously, wasn't also on, on the core land. Have you heard any more about that? Have you, have you spoken with Chairman Archambault recently in, in terms of, maybe coordinating some of that? Well, he has been very open uh, and public about saying that, uh, you know, nobody uh, intends to move and and nobody will move. Um, Yes, there was an idea for a while in October that it would be better for them to be, you know, on reservation land. Uh, then there was an idea that they should be closer to the town of Cannonball where they could actually get some utilities and some some shelter. Uh, none of that has really uh, come to pass, and, and that is a shame because uh, where they are now uh, on that core land is probably the worst possible place. Uh, it, it's just not a good place to be in a snowstorm. 701-293-9000, talk at WDAY.com. Uh, where, where do you think, just in terms of, you know, now that we've got the winter weather upon us, uh, you know, are, are we expecting things to maybe clear out a little bit down there? I, I know that's that's been the oft-repeated hope, is that, you know, the, the weather might send some of the people home and maybe calm things down for a little while. Is there any indication that that's actually happening? 
Well, I don't think we have any, you know, real indication of that yet. Um, we have to keep in mind that, uh, you know, this gathering of people have come here from all across the United States. Uh, this really is not about uh, Standing Rock Tribe anymore. It's about uh, people who have been recruited uh, to come here uh, from all over and who have very strong feelings about environmental activism. And uh, we should not underestimate uh, their determination uh, to stay there. Uh, they've demonstrated already that uh, they're willing to put up with uh, uh, quite a bit of hardship. And uh, we don't know uh, what what they will do. I think uh, only time will tell. 701-293-9000, We have a caller on the line, Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Well, I saw that the governor is more concerned about the protesters rather than the, the job that needs to be done out there. That will be. What's he, what's he going to do as far as the governor of the state? He should be the leader to uh, to uh, not only protect the construction out there to get that job done. Uh, rather than worrying about the protesters. Thanks, thanks for the call, Bob. You know, a lot of people, Governor, have, have said that that the state should have taken a more aggressive stand on on some of these camps early on. And I, I know part of the problem is jurisdictional, where some of this is happening on federal land. But any regrets in, in, in terms of the way this has been handled over the several months? Or if you could go back, would you have changed anything? Well, as you said, there there are jurisdictional uh, problems there. Uh, when the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, you know, way back at the beginning, uh, made it clear from day one that it would be perfectly fine uh, for the protesters to occupy Corps land, stay there as long as they wanted. Uh, you know, they were almost inviting them to stay there. Uh, and that became the problem as uh, they got more and more entrenched over time. But as far as our response, uh, you know, to the uh, residents of Morgan County, uh, we have uh, done a tremendous uh, effort through the Morgan County Sheriff's Office and the North Dakota Highway Patrol uh, running regular patrols uh, through Morgan County uh, keeping an eye on private property, keeping an eye on private citizens, uh, protecting the general public uh, in every way that we possibly can. Uh, and it has made a big difference. This has been a very prolonged uh, encounter, and uh, the, really the job that our law enforcement people have done uh, keeping residents safe you know, is fantastic. Governor, do you, do you uh, think? The, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Do you think that the delay from the Obama administration delaying the permit, to then also the Corps of Engineers sort of delaying taking action on these illegal camps or these these unpermitted camps, do you think that's that's created this situation? Has it made this situation more dangerous? I mean, has has it, has it fed in you know to the danger and some of these violent conflicts we've seen with law enforcement? Well, yes, absolutely, Rod, especially, you know, in terms of the amount of time uh, that's involved. It prolongs a bad situation uh, from the very beginning. We knew that, you know, having uh, real agitators from out of state uh, coming face-to-face -face with uh, pipeline workers and law enforcement, not a good situation, uh, not, not something that uh, you like to see on a day-to-day -day basis. But when you have the federal government say, we're going to just drag this out, 
and we're going to let you know when we feel like it, like when you might get an easement. All we're doing is adding time uh, to this difficult situation. And as a state and local government, you know, we are in the middle. We have no choice uh, but to do everything that we can to maintain law and order while we wait. We have. Uh, I want to seek it, John, here quick before we go. Just a couple minutes left, John. What's up? Uh, Governor, I want to take you to task, and, and I'll hang up and listen afterwards because I'm driving here. But the thing that's kind of annoying me about this whole situation is Jay Thomas at the same station you're on today is, is taking up a drive to get the uh, law enforcement folks out there, socks and, and, and hand warmers and batteries and, and paper plates and cutlery and stuff. And I'm asking myself why the state, through the National Guard, is not figuring out how to requisition whatever these people, our law enforcement needs, to sit there and, 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 and take care of this through the winter if need be. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Yeah, Governor, answer that, and then uh, we'll uh, finish up. Well, I have been meeting, you know, uh, very regularly and I'm in constant contact uh, with our Adjutant General, uh, Al Dorman, and with uh, the head of our Highway Patrol, Mike Gerhardt. Uh, you know, they are uh, doing the job of, of supplying their, their personnel, their troops and their troopers, and uh, those guys are doing a heck of a job. Um, I do not uh, know that, you know, there have been, you know, any uh, deficiencies there. Uh, if there are, I'd like to know about it. Governor, thank you so much for your time. appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, Rob. Always good to talk with you. And, uh, by the way, thanks uh, for your good uh, constant reporting on this topic. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Governor. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000, is a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, Went a little long with the governor, but whenever we have a guest like that, I like to make sure we give him plenty of time and take all your calls and, and get all the questions answered. Um, you know, I, I think Governor Dalrymple makes a really good point. I mean, so much of this mess has been created by the federal government. Um, I mean, l listen, the, the environmentalists and, and the activists and the protesters, they're going to do what they're going to do. But, you know, the state can only respond within the bounds of, of, of the jur of state jurisdiction. You know, there's nothing we can do about a federal permit. There's nothing we can do about enforcing the law on an Indian reservation or federal land. We just can't. We got a caller. Uh, Steve wants to get in a question before the news. What's up, Steve? Yeah, I got to agree with one of the earlier callers. You know, all I hear from every official is how we have to keep these people safe. Why? We didn't force them out there. We're not forcing them to stay. In fact, just the opposite. You know, maybe a good case of frostbite would clear a few of them out. I'm so tired of these people saying I have to take care of them. The next thing we're going to see out there are FEMA trailers to make sure they're comfortable. Well, listen, I, I don't. I don't think we should be going out of our way to make them comfortable. But on the flip side. Uh, they have the same right to, you know, if, if somebody's hurt out there, if somebody's having a medical emergency, I think what the state is concerned about is making sure that they get the same service from first responders that anybody else would. And listen, I get it, Steve. I'm as frustrated with these protesters as anybody else. 
but they're still human beings. So if there's a fire, if there's an ambulance, if, if needed or something like that, I want the protesters to be in a place where they can get some help. And unfortunately, I think they're putting themselves in a very dangerous and I think that's what everybody's arguing is move someplace safer, right? You don't have to necessarily give up the protest. Just move someplace that's safer that emergency people can get in. I think that's the point. Thanks for the call, though. Appreciate it. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Rob Report on WDAY. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. It just finished up with Governor Jack Dalrymple talking about the uh, Dakota Access situation. Uh, kind of a funny article uh, today. I put, put it up at sayanythingblog.com. Um, you know, on this show last week, we interviewed the um, the deputy who was involved in that, uh, that that situation where they were spraying the protesters with a fire hose uh, both as a way to put out uh, fire set by the protesters and also as a form of, of crowd control. We had him on it, and one of the interesting things he said is, is when he looked out over the sort of hardcore, uh, the, the, the most violent protesters, when he looked at them, he said he saw mostly white people. Uh, and, and not just white people, but white people who were actively throwing you know racially-themed taunts, racist taunts at men and women of law enforcement who were of, of Native American or Hispanic or, or black uh, heritage. And it was really unfortunate. And I, I think that jibes with uh, something reported in The Independent today. And again, you can go to sayanythingblog.com and find the link, uh, where some of the Native American protesters are getting a little tired of all the white hippies who have shown up treating this as though it were the Burning Man Festival. Now, I got to think that with the winter storm going on, there's a lot fewer festive hippies down there today. But it's an interesting point. I quote, people demonstrating at North Dakota's uh, at North Dakota's access pipeline protest have expressed frustration at white demonstrators who are reportedly turning up to, quote, colonize the camp. Concerns have been raised by protesters on social media who claim that people are arriving at the Standing Rock demonstration for the cultural experience treating it like the Burning Man Festival. Protester Alicia Smith wrote on Facebook, on my way back from the camps, need to get something off my chest that I witnessed and found very disturbing in my brief time there that I believe many others have started to speak up about as well. White people are colonizing the camps. I mean that seriously. Plymouth Rock seriously. They are coming in, taking food, clothing, and occupying space without any desire to participate in camp maintenance and without respect for tribal protocols. These people are treating it like it is Burning Man or the Rainbow Gathering, and I even witnessed several wandering in and out of camps comparing it to those festivals. Um, I, I think that's just one example of you know, the, the sort of multiple ways that this, this protest movement, which has been portrayed in the national media, sort of this Native American uprising, has been co-opted by these other groups. Uh, also interesting, by the way, is this interview by, uh, it's with Vice, and it was actually from a couple days ago, uh, from Standing Rock Chairman David Archambault over the, the holiday weekend, where he complains about the way this, this land is being treated. Now, this is important because, you know, the Army Corps wants the people off this land. 
Uh, this is land where the grazing rights have actually been uh, leased to other people. And and Chairman Archambault, now again, this isn't some journalist, this isn't, this is Chairman Archambault himself. These are his words that I'm about to read you. Um, he's very concerned for the way that land's being treated. I quote, we've seen a big community pop up over there. I go down there and I look at the waste. There's a lot of waste. It's a distraction from the water. If we're about this environment, we would be protecting Mother Earth. We wouldn't be hurting her. And yet we're punching holes all over down there, pitching tents in Mother Earth. That's a sacred place. But there's no regard. It's about instant gratification. When I look at the camp, I always think, what's going to happen when this is over? Who's going to clean that up? Who's going to put that land back to its natural state? Before this entire movement started, that was some of the most beautiful land around. There was a place down there where eagles, over a 100 eagles, would come and land. There were game down there, deer, pheasant, elk, geese. Now it's occupied by people, and when masses of people come to one place, we don't take care of it. So how do we make it better? I heard they're digging pits down there for their human waste. That's a flood zone. So when the flood waters come up, that waste is going to be contaminating the water. We're no different than the oil company if we're fighting for water. What's going to happen when people leave? Who has to clean it up? Who has to refurbish it? It's going to be us, the people who live here. Not only that, but there are relationships that are being damaged because of unlawful actions, violent actions, violent behavior against law enforcement. Law enforcement lives here, and we live here. Water protectors are going to be gone. When this is all done, I have to go up and clean that up. We have to reestablish our relationships then, so this is a good thing, and I welcome everybody because we're all standing up for water, but we are really mindful of what are we really mindful of what we're doing because what's going to happen when this is done? Interesting comment comments from Chairman Archambault, uh, you know, particularly talking about the you know the violence against law enforcement, and and I think this is what a lot of critics of the the sort of no dapple movement have been arguing for some time. Fighting with law enforcement is not going to serve Standing Rock in the long term. Um, all these hippies who have come down to camp at this this site and who are digging holes in the land and, and driving away the wildlife and everything are, are not going to help that area long term. Um, you know, and in some ways, I, I feel bad. You know, Chairman Archambault, he brought this a lot of this on himself. The tribe when they decided to file a lawsuit against the pipeline, partnered with a far-left anti-oil group called Earth Justice. And Chairman Archambault basically allowed you know all these people to be invited in. And now they're here. And I don't think Archambault has control over the situation. I don't think the tribe really has control over the situation. By the way, uh, with the Ar- U.S. Army Corps of Engineers situation, where the Corps wants them off, core land probably in part because as Archambault describes they're destroying the land you know back in October Chairman Archambault was trying to set up a winter camp for the protesters that was down on reservation land it would have been more accessible to um, you know emergency services or law enforcement if need be Um, you know and, and Archambault was encouraging people to move down to that camp and the fact that he hasn't gotten any traction on that, the camp's apparently not been set up. I've been told internally that there's a lot of pushback from the the tribe that doesn't necessarily want those protesters on their land either. Um, you know, it's 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 really become an ugly situation. And in a lot of ways, I really feel bad for the Standing Rock community because even though I, I disagree with the tribe's position on the pipeline, even though I, I, I think their concerns about um the water and that are overblown uh, they have hitched themselves to some extremists who 
you know, I, I, I don't think it's going to end well. And I, I really feel bad for, for Standing Rock. I, I, again, I, I never had a problem with them filing their lawsuit or protesting the pipeline. I think the problem came in when they started fighting with cops, they started trespassing on private property and all this other stuff, uh, that, that I certainly don't need to remind the audience about at, the, at this point. Um, that's when things started to become a problem. And, you know, I don't see any easy solutions for it. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port, WDAY, 701-293-9000. You'll join the program, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Hey, coming up on the Jay Thomas Show, Cass County Sheriff Paul Laney is going to be on at 2 o'clock to uh, talk about the uh, ongoing uh, protest situation. So uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, Let's see. We got uh, Karen on the line. Karen, what's up? Hello. I'm from north of Bismarck. When Napoleon's army invaded Russia, they froze to death. Yeah. So I'm glad that the out-of-state protesters will be sent back to California or well, wherever they came from listen, now. Yeah. I, I want everybody to be safe. I mean, I, I want to interject that. I don't, I don't want anybody to freeze to death. I think state authorities have been warning them. I have been warning them. Uh, lots of people have been warning them, you know, take heed. You know, North Dakota's weather is no joke. I'm not saying you have to stop protesting the pipeline, but, you know, take care of yourself. Get the kids to cover. Get the elderly to cover. Uh, let's see. Do we still have Karen or we lose her? We must have dropped Karen her. is gone. All right. You know, uh, one thing, I put up a post about this today. I, I think one thing that would be very helpful uh, for North Dakota that we ought to look, you know, maybe in terms of public policy, something that we've learned from the protest is that North Dakota's cops need body cameras. Uh, we have some departments that have, that have gone down this road and, you know, hooray for them. I'm glad they're doing it. But I think the state of North Dakota needs to put in place, uh, first of all, the funding for it. Uh, I know that's a tough sell right now because the state doesn't have, uh, you know, a ton of money. We're in a tough budget cycle, but I think this is something that, that we could, you know, make some room for. We ought to put in place the policies on on when police have to have these cameras on, and we ought to put in place policies to make sure that that the video is is retained for an appropriate amount of time, and that the the public has an, an appropriate level of the public and the media have a, an appropriate level of access to it as well. And the reason I say this is because the the Dakota Access protests. I mean, this is the new normal, where you know everybody has a smartphone in their pocket and could potentially live stream whatever is happening at that moment to an online audience potentially in the millions um it's a it's a real deal and a lot of times the people who are doing that are not as we've seen with the dakota access protests are not telling the truth they are not presenting uh, you know in, an accurate portrayal of what's going on uh or at the very least you know they're providing just just one part of it and law enforcement needs to be part of that discussion. And I, I think typically law enforcement's very used to, you know, they're the ones with the video. They control it. You know, they sit on it. You know, 
because there's an ongoing investigation or whatever, and I think that time has come to an end. Uh, you know, they need the video to exonerate themselves, if, if nothing else, uh, and it needs to be accessible to the public. I think that's something the upcoming legislature ought to talk about. More to come straight ahead. Like I said, Cowes County Sheriff uh, Paul Laney on with Jay Thomas coming up next. You can catch me, Rob Port, here on WDAY, 1 to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.